Hello, I am Stuart Preston and this is the Stone Ape Reports, where I have conversations with those who have changed their lives with the power of psychedelics. Quick announcements, I now have a book out titled The Grief Trip, How I Learned to Heal with Grief and Psychedelics. You can find it at www.thegrieftrip.com. 100% of proceeds go to the Ian Preston Memorial Fund to help support mental health and suicide prevention. And there's also a free download available. Finally, remember, when it comes to psychedelics, keep it safe and legal. Do your research, test your medicines, consult a medical professional for any contraindications, and always journey in a safe container. Okay, back to the podcast. In this episode, I had the honor of speaking with Mike, a combat veteran living with PTSD who credits psilocybin mushrooms for his being alive today. Now, he is a true community leader helping other veterans. We discussed his journey with mushrooms, the effects on his life, as well as the amazing things that he's working on today. Mike shared a lot of great insight. So please enjoy this conversation with Mike. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for coming on here at the Stone Ape Reports. Um, I look forward to helping you share your story, to hearing your story. So why don't we start off with that and maybe share a little bit with us about, you know, what was going on in your life that you wanted some help with? Um. So my background is uh, grew up in Arizona, uh, joined the military right out of high school, uh, mm. joined the army. Um, I did two years as a artilleryman and then two years as an infantryman, uh, during which time I did deployments to Kosovo and Iraq. Wow. Um, I went to Kosovo on a peacekeeping mission and then I went to Iraq on a combat mission. So uh, I got to experience kind of the good of, of uh, some of the work that our you know military does in other countries, but also the combat mission. You get to see the, the darker side of yeah. uh, the world. Um, so when I came back, uh, you know, separated from the military, I did four years. Um, after which, uh, moved back to Arizona, um, started settling into to civilian life. And, and before I separated from the military, they have you do a kind of an exit screening. And, uh, I did, uh, come up as showing, um, signs and symptoms of PTSD, but at the time I didn't really think anything of it, you know, just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's just kind of something temporary. And at yeah. the time, this was in uh, 2005, um, a lot of the veterans issues now that people are actually talking about and, and I, I think are starting to be addressed um, both in by public and, and private entities as far as decreasing the number of veterans committing suicide every day, which the last I saw was um, at 22 a day, um, like PTSD and depression, um, you know, uh, sexual trauma, like these things at the time just weren't really discussed. So even when they told me I had PTSD because of my time in combat, um, I didn't didn't really register didn't really mean anything at the time but then as time wore on um and i didn't address it and i didn't talk to anyone about it and i went on about my life i went to a uh, community college and got my associate's degree then i moved on to uh, arizona state university and i just at a certain point about i want to say it was 2010 or 2011 i just hit a wall mm. and um I, I dropped out of school. I couldn't focus. Um, just the the emotions were were just too great, and I didn't have 
any way or I felt like anyone. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't genuinely have anyone. I had, you know, a great support system in my family, the guys I served with, but it's, and I, I think most people could, could understand, you know, some things are just hard to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah. So, uh, I went to the VA and the VA does what the VA does. And that's try and treat your symptoms. Um, there are a number of issues with VAs, but I can say like they, they, they brought me in pretty quickly and, and got me on a regimen, but the, the pharmaceuticals I, I would say are good in like emergency situations. And, and at multiple times during this era of my life, I certainly was suicidal. Like I, I did have thoughts of, of ending myself. Wow. Um, I did, I did make plans of ending my life. Yeah. That's a big sign. It, you start to make plans. Yeah. Um, I, I actually went as far as to purchase, um, a weapon, bought it brand new out of the box, bright and shining. And my plan for that weapon was the only round that weapon was ever going to fire was the one that ended my life. Mm. So how did you get from, I, from that place to, to finding the, the ability to so, find some help? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, had, had kind of opened up with a, a friend, a childhood friend, um, that served in the Navy and he had his own experiences and, and we kind of got to talking the, the subject, the VA came up and, and my experience there and, and how it wasn't really helping. It was just kind of numbing the pain. And he started talking to me about psilocybin mushrooms. Hmm. Um, up until that point, really my only exposure to any sort of, um, illicit substances would have been, uh, marijuana, you know, uh, height in high school. Um, and when he first brought it up to me, I was a little bit iffy, but, uh, he was a individual I trusted and, and sounded like he had also done some research into it to actually understand it, to be able to talk to me about it. And mm. I said, all right, let's do it. So, um, he sat me down, um, one fall afternoon, he, uh, made some, some tea, which was, uh, he added some honey, which was pretty good tasting so the medicine went down pretty easily um and put on a tool album and i can say i had an experience that that saved my life really um absolutely it was it was you know because when i went to the va they also along with the the pharmaceuticals set me up with some different therapies and Mm -hmm. even going to those therapies for months and even you know years uh i would say didn't have the impact that that you know, first psychedelic, deep psychedelic experience had for me as far as helping me to process um, a lot of the things I'd seen and a lot of things I'd done, uh, a lot of the things I'd experienced, um, not just pertaining to, you know, my military experience, but my life and who I was and, and what I wanted and, and, and really turned a chapter for me and in my life that that helped me to to start moving forward i I would say it wasn't like oh yeah this is a silver bullet and like that moment on 
everything was good, it still took some time for me to process and to work on myself and to improve myself and still struggled for some time with depression. But after that first experience, I no longer had that ideation of, of ending my life or, or, or hurting myself. Um, I was able to, to be much more open to, to living my life. Um, yeah. In the past, the only thing that had stopped me was just this little voice that said, "Not yet," mm-hmm. and and that kept me kept me going long enough. But then after the, my experience with the with the psilocybin mushrooms, I was I was absolutely um, like I said, just I I knew I wanted to be alive. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what are are there any specifics from the the after drinking the tea and going through the journey? Did you have any specific insights into, um, I'm not sure if you use the word traumas, but you know, traumas, not just in the military, but traumas in, in your non-military life or things that happened in life in general. Did, you know, was there any kind of specific insights or experiences from that that you like, want to share with us? Yeah, I, I would I guess if I had to boil it down to kind of a word or, or, or a concept that I could make make it a little bit easier to to explain it is is empathy. Like I, mm. I I was able to experience an empathy not only for for myself to to because I I think we're we're hardest on ourselves. Like although we may have people who are um you know, hold us accountable and, and, and hold the mirror up to us. Like no one I think is harder on themselves than themselves. And, and that's what I w- was for a number of years and, and being able to feel a, a genuine empathy for myself and, and to kind of acknowledge like, yeah, you should feel some of these things. You should process some of the things you just shouldn't be pushing this all kind of behind you. And, and just like, no, I'm, I'm a man and I'm a soldier and this is, how I'm supposed to handle things. And yeah. once I experienced that, that deep empathy for myself, I could start also using it or, you know, seeing experiences in my life where I could be empathetic for someone who had harmed me or, or had done me wrong, that they're a human being and human beings make mistakes, just like I was being empathetic for my mistakes and things I had done. I, I also kind of owed that to the other human beings in my life. So did it develop kind of a, a general connection or genuine connection to other, other humans? Um, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I would, I would say it, it helped me to see the person to see more clearly. Cause you know, you always know there are people on the other side of things, you, you know, that's a person yeah. but to, to kind of be able to with, without being, I, I guess, explained like that because sometimes in life people draw their boundaries by saying hey you did this thing that hurt me and you don't realize it because you're not thinking about this person in the terms of being like having feelings it's just Mm. this is me trying to do what i do and being empathetic enough to look at tom and say tom is a person when i say these things if i'm short or if i'm rude if he cares about me that's going to hurt his feelings and if yeah. I do that, I need to repair that, that, that breach. I need to let them know like, Hey, that wasn't about you. This was, you know, I'm just having a rough day. And, and oftentimes just that simple 
I'm sorry can can mean so much and heal so much. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point. How do you how do you think the VA feels about this stuff? I mean, there's a I've I've talked I've got, you know, I'm a veteran myself and I've taught I've got veteran buddies and, you know, they can't even tell their VA contacts about, you know, medical marijuana. Or at least they didn't used to be able to. I don't know how it is now. But how do they do you hear any of them talking about psychedelic therapies or insights gained through psychedelics or is it still pretty closed? Do they still view this as illicit drugs and, and not to be even discussed? I, I think based on what I've heard, the actual practitioners themselves, because they understand science and mm-hmm. and have read some of these studies and, and understand the actual clinical applications of it are open to it. But the problem is the organization which they work for is a very clear cut and dry organization yeah. where, I mean, even to this point, the fact, you know, I live in Arizona, so medical marijuana is, has been here. Um, not having it available or even being able to get your uh, doctor's referral to be able to get access to medical marijuana is, is kind of strange to me if, if the, I guess, um, intent is a genuine treating of the patient, where in this case, it, it's, to me, it's, it's all bureaucratic. Um, yeah. The, the, the VA is, is such a red and yellow and green and all different shades of tape that you must get through in any process dealing with them. It can often be very, very labor intensive, just navigating, getting access to regular care. And I think at this point, because like I tell my doctors when I go to the VA, like, yes, I am on medical marijuana because I have no problem telling them that because I can also tell them in that same conversation, well, this is the thing one of the things that helped me to step away from all these, you know, seven pharmaceuticals you guys had me on at one time. And I feel so much better in my life at this place I am now because I'm using this natural substance, this naturally occurring plant, um, as opposed to these man-made compounds. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So we, we know, you know, what you went through, you know, you came out of your military experience, you know, in field artillery and infantry, I mean, that's boots on the ground, real life combat. And you, you came out of that with, you know, a PTSD diagnosis and you fell on some tough times, got the psilocybin felt, how, how are things today? How are you doing now? Um, doing great now. Um, still have peaks and valleys you know the the, the the clouds still roll in over the mountains but i i feel much more able to deal with them and handle those days mm-hmm. um right now uh i'm a small business owner um i've been oh. growing um actually a, a, after my experience with the psilocybin mushrooms um i got into growing uh, medicinal and gourmet mushrooms and actually started a business uh, with a buddy of mine at the time. But since then, I've, I've stepped into my own venture um, and focus more on, on general agriculture. Um, I've, uh, so after my experience with, with psilocybin, I, I got back into ASU. I uh, was able to get my bachelor's degree in uh, business and communications started my business and then went sort of uh, 
kind of back to school a little bit um, and got a certification as a, in organic farming and ranching. And now I'm able to grow vegetables, fruits, uh, mushrooms, and then take them to my local farmer's market, uh, which um, is kind of the best thing for me I've, I've found um, as far as like, you know, beneficial hobbies is growing yeah. things. And, and the fact that I've been able to grow that into a small business um, that accommodates my um, diagnoses and, and, and my disabilities, it's, it's worked out perfectly. But the psilocybin also, I would say, activated me in, in some ways with, with the empathy. And mm-hmm. after I, I, I did a lot of the healing um, of myself, I, I, I saw the need in, in the veterans community to someone to step out and, and kind of be a leader and, you know, call to others, you know, not necessarily about just psychedelics, which if others do want to have that conversation, I'll have that with them, but just being an advocate for them and stepping out and, you know, do you need help? Is there something you need to help with? And, and since then I've, I've held a leadership role in the um, veterans of foreign wars as a quartermaster. I'm currently serving as a commander for the American Legion post in my town. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm on a couple boards of directors for local nonprofit organizations one that services specifically veterans um, up in the uh, pine top lakeside it's called walking down ranch the transitional housing um, and then uh, the other is uh, rebuild superior which is a local nonprofit that works in uh, economic um, and community development hmm. so where i'm at I, I i i feel i'm at where i'm supposed to be and, and i'm bringing what i have to help others yeah, that's absolutely beautiful, Mike. I wasn't expecting, you know, all of that. I was thought, thought you might just say, well, I'm feeling better. I have low days, but I'm better able to deal with it. But you were on fire. You got a lot of great stuff going on. That's outstanding. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you're out there helping people. I just got a couple more questions for you. You're out there helping people. You know, if somebody came to you and asked for advice and said, okay, you know, so your friend helped you and, and some tea, um, you know, I don't know if, if I would give the advice to people to listen to tool while they're doing this, but you know, whatever, you know, what, what would your advice be to somebody who's curious about this? You know, maybe some other veteran or not even a vet, just somebody out there is dealing with something traumatic and they're like, Hey, I'm considering doing this. What, what advice would you give them? And just real quick caveat, we're, we're not recommending this to everybody. This is not, you know, like Mike said, this is not a silver bullet. It's not for everybody. You got to do your research because it can have negative side effects. Also, don't do it illegally in your area. But, you know, if somebody was to just ask you a general question, um, what what general advice would you have in terms of anything related to this? Um, so my suggestion, um, definitely do your research first. Uh, you know, don't break any laws. But uh, my suggestion for someone just kind of starting out, um, I would suggest uh, microdosing, which... Mm. Uh, you know, um, you can look more into it, but um, I've found through my own experiences and then, you know, other individuals I've, I've spoken with and, and, and talked to about this is it's the, the deep psychedelic experience is, is something um, akin to, you know, a, a ceremony. It's, it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. It's something you should prepare for um, 
and then something you should take some time afterwards to really process and, and internalize. But um, with the microdosing, I've found that it makes it accessible in a way that you're able, it's, it's not going to be this deep processing of these traumas. What microdosing does is it kind of changes your perception and the way you deal with your day-to-day -day life that you're able to interact and, and kind of go about your daily life in a slightly different way that you start to see, okay, I don't have to react emotionally to this situation at work. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be triggered by this situation at home because things aren't going great or there's this thing like you you find these little changes that you can make in the way you perceive what's going on around you and you can start behaving differently and then your relations start, start to get better and your uh your work situation gets better your 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 home life gets better um, and I've experienced this myself, even, you know, like I said, after the, the deep psychedelic experiences that I was able to change, even, you know, I, I used to have a lot of issues when I'd be behind the wheel and driving with the way that some people would drive because, you know, yeah, a lot of people just don't know how to drive. But after, you know, um, having, you know, normal days of, of doing this over and over that I started to just realize, well, they're in the, they're just like that saying, stay in your lane. Well, okay, he's in his lane. I'm in my lane. I'll just worry about myself. And I didn't have such, you know, sort of, I guess you could call it road rage or anxiety or, or being so emotionally triggered, just getting behind the wheel and going from point A to point B. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, just that one thing for me was like a kind of a huge deal. And I think anybody that has a commute every day would, would be able to, to understand that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've noticed that myself. I noticed that myself. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome information there, Mike. A anything else you want to share before we wrap up? No, I'm, I mean, um, I, I appreciate you having me on, Stuart, and I appreciate you uh, sharing your, your story with me as far as your experience, and, and my heart goes out to you as to why you, why you got into this and the loss you had to experience. But um, I, I want to say I appreciate your work and I appreciate this podcast and I, I hope it, it helps somebody. Thank you. It will, Mike. And sharing your story is definitely going to help somebody. So I, I really honor that. I honor your service and all the great work you're doing now. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for, for your service too, brother. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening, and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.